This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Well, uh, greetings from my wife and, uh, and the kids. Do you want to see them in a picture? Well, but, but before we do that real quick, how amazing has Synod been? Uh, and I just, you know, I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of this church and to be part of literally something that's changing the nation and other people are watching. People are watching from all over the world and they say there's this church in Harare and, and is that, this is, it's kind of a big building. And then these people that come and it, it's crazy because even though they're going through so much, there's such a joy. There's such a hope. There's so much faith. We, we're going to be able to teach the world something from this. The nations will come and look at the rising, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you just have joy like I can't believe. Just tell them. And, you, and if they don't, just prophesy. Say, I'm prophesying this over you. And uh, so, so again, just looking at the book, I'm going to buy some more of my dad's books and take them to people because there's a lot of uncertainty in the world everywhere right now. And they're going, how do we actually build something? And, and so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't read Pastor Tom's book in the past you know, year, grab the book again. Um, I think there's stock in the, in the, in the bookstore, but grab the book, grab the book again. Um, I want to I wanna show you a few pictures of kind of what's been going on in my world um, and in my family. If you want to go to the first picture real quick. So I've been working with this group for, who, are, who are helping connect cities around the world with politicians, um, NGO workers, and church, and having dialogue about how to change cities. So this is a group in London, and there are people from all over the world representing 145 different cities. And so it's amazing because I'm getting to see a global perspective on how people are looking at really changing the way cities turn, changing the way cities uh, look at the gospel and the effectiveness inside the urban areas. Um, here's a few of the other guys that we work with. Um, the guy in the middle is, is uh, working with the mayor of Brooklyn, and they've just started to do a billion-dollar project to re, reconfigure all the homeless people within that area. And, and it's just, you're just learning from guys. But let me just say this. People are asking about how we've done what we've done in Zimbabwe. And it's already being a testimony. Um, this is uh, a little bit earlier this year. We met with uh, Bishop Colin Yati, and we are talking about the possibility of doing stadium worship in Bulawayo. So we're just starting to talk about that just the power of unity in the city. Next slide. Uh, and then there they are. There's the, there's the family. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, Rachel is not pregnant. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd make sure you guys know that. We, we, we are officially done. Uh, they're, they're, they're the boys. And uh, my son's starting to, to, to write songs by himself and just sing at night. It's kind of fun. Um, and then I did skydiving the other day too. Just a guy said, hey, let's go out. And we went, we had to suck on oxygen because we went so high. So they gave us these pipes. And then we just jumped out of the plane. And it's cool because you get to see a different perspective of the world, right? I mean, you and, and it's different from the plane because you don't feel like you can feel the air. You know, you've got those windows, which is kind of obstructing in an airplane. 
Uh, so, so but, but how many of you know that God wants us to see a different perspective and a different story? It's easy to get so caught up in what's going on around us. And God's like, hey, just step back a little bit so we can see a new perspective. I used to travel to uh, Chittanguiza with my dad back when I was six or seven. And we'd go on to Chittanguiza and, and we'd go down, I think it was the Second Street Road, all the way through. And we would see the chicken on the building. Uh, the Zano PF building. And, and so in my mind, we were going to Chicken Guiza. <laughs> and that was it. Like, and I would tell people, like, we're going to Chicken Guiza. And in my mind, Chicken Guiza was the place where they made great chicken with piri piri sauce. And I'd walk in, and there'd be, like, amazing, you know, dressing and chili peppers and, like, tomato sauce and greasy chips. And I had this amazing dream of what chicken guiza was like. And then when I arrived there and there was a tent, and I looked around for the chicken, and it was just like Mari biscuits. I was like, this is, this is a letdown, man. We, we, need, we need to bring back chicken guiza. Uh, and, and, and that was my story until someone changed it for me. They said, you, you know, that, that's not correct. It's chicken guiza. And all of a sudden, I realized that the chicken on the building wasn't the sign to go to Chicken Guiza, but it was actually the Zano PF emblem. Um, but, but, but how many of you know that if we don't correct our story, we pass on the wrong story to a generation? And in this room, I believe we've got the power and, and the calling to impact a generation that has not yet been born. And if we have that kind of perspective, we start changing the way that we look at this current situation, maybe that we're in. You know, I take people um, every year camping because I feel like it bonds people. And I'll show you kind of the campsite that we, we go to. And this particular year, um, I, took a, I took a friend, you might know him, Ignatius Munengwa. And uh, we, were, we were camping and there was a lot of lion activity around the camp. And it, it's a place where there's lion activity constantly. And you hear lions and you, 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 you see lions. And that particular trip, there were a lot around our tent, actually, or around our campsite. And I was sleeping next to Ignatius on a stretcher, and he was on the floor on a mattress. And there was this mesh that you could see out because you'd keep it open because you wanted the wind to blow through because it's so hot in September normally, except this time. I don't know what happened. And I remember looking through the mesh, and it was at night, and you're constantly on edge when you know there's animals around your tent, just how you are normally. And I looked outside the tent, and I saw this lion with a huge mane staring in the tent. And I, 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 I freaked out, and I, you don't want to, and I was like, the lions can see through the mesh, and I just watched a National Geographic story about how lions can see through mesh, and they know you're in there. So I was like, so I quickly flipped out of, my, out of the, the stretcher and I landed on Ignatius face to face, body to body, super intimate, like never done that before marriage, like nothing like that. And, 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 I, and I looked back up through the mesh and I realized it was a tree. 
So now, now I was like, well, Ignatius was quiet. And I thought, maybe he's still sleeping. So I didn't want to say anything. So I just laid there until I felt like I could get my feet around and like push myself up and get back into my bed. So I kept quiet for a bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait for the right time because I don't want to explain to him that I got freaked out by a tree branch. I just didn't want to talk about it. And, 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 and all of a sudden I just hear, PT? Well, what's wrong? And, and he was awake the whole time. So he didn't know why I was on him and why I didn't move and why I just stayed there for so long. So in his mind, he's going, is the pastor gone crazy? Like, what? Is this okay? Like, I need, I'm missing home. <laughs> so, but, but, and then I got back in and I told the story and we laughed about it. But, but what I realized is that when, when, we, when we get fearful or something happens in our life, that seems embarrassing or, or, or it's a no-go area in our heart, we, we tend to just want to keep quiet and not to say anything and, not, and try not to make it like better immediately, but, but try and almost, almost to save us from the embarrassment or to save us from the awkward conversation. We say, I'm just, just going to kind of leave that over there. And it can happen so often when we have brokenness in our hearts, we have brokenness in our society and we go, I don't know if I want to get to that right now because it's a little bit hard to talk about and sometimes and no one wants to know that you're broken. Have you ever tried to tell someone like, hey, I'm broken today? No one goes, well, brother, let's talk some more. People kind of go, well, yo, hopefully you get right sometime. And, and in the world of Instagram and social media, no one is saying, hey, today I'm broken and today I'm kind of awkward. And today I kind of feel like the dreams that I had for 2017 and 18 didn't come to pass. And I for, sort of feel like a failure. And I'm not really sure how to deal with this. And we can kind of have the situation of, well, I'm on this guy, but I don't want to talk about it. And I'm trying to figure out how to maneuver it myself. So I get back into my bed and go back to sleep. Have you ever felt like that? David felt like this. And he gives us this amazing pattern. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, um, to Psalm 119. And when you get there, just say, I'm there. <clears throat> Psalm 119. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this maybe as David would have said this. And give me a little bit of creative license, if that's okay. He starts off in verse 25, and it's an amazing picture of how he begins and how he ends. He says, my soul clings to dust. Revive me according to your word. Have you ever had your soul cling to dust? Have you ever felt like you've been on the floor, and I'm touching dust, and I'm holding on to it, and it seems to be going through my hands, and I can't actually hold on to anything, and the dust represents us before God breathes his spirit into us. And we're holding on to dust. And if you've ever been fallen into dust, you know, you kind of like, you kind of taste it too. If you've fallen hard, you've scraped your knee or, 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 or you've, you've, uh, you've put your, like a face plant in rugby and you're in the dust. But it says, give me, revive me according to your word. 
When I told you of my ways, you answered me. When I told you of how broken I was, when I told you of the sin in my life, when I exposed all the stuff in my heart that I felt ashamed about, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I might meditate on your wondrous works. God, sometimes I don't understand, so please make me understand. Sometimes I get confused, but please make me understand so that I can focus on your glorious wonder. Meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. God, I'm so broken. My soul feels like it's, it's on the edge. In fact, my soul feels like maybe it won't get back together again, but strengthen me according to your word. God, put false ways far from me and teach me your glorious law. But, but put them far from me, God. There's so many false ways, like Pastor Bonnie talked about the other day. There's so many false things that have come. Put them far from me. False way of thinking. The false way of acting. God, put these far from me. And graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. And I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I cling not to my understanding. I cling not to the things that I've seen around me. I cling not to government policy. I cling not to social economics. But I cling to your testimony. Don't put me to shame, God. Because it feels like I could be close to that. It feels like shame is on the doorstep. But don't put me to shame. And I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. So Jesus, enlarge my heart. Father, enlarge the capacity of my heart for people. God, enlarge our capacity in this place for this city. Lord, enlarge our capacity for forgiveness and reconciliation, Jesus. You see, David's story starts off, and if you look at the beginning, it says, my soul clings to dust. And by the time he goes through this story, just put it up there again, he goes from, my soul clings to dust, and he says, now I cling to testimony. Where has God given you a testimony? And where are you clinging to dust? Where have you felt like you're grasping onto things and it's falling through your fingertips and, and, and God's like exchange the clinging of dust to the clinging of testimony. God, if I'm going to cling to anything, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember how you brought me to your kingdom. I'm going to remember the day that I gave my life to you. I'm going to remember the day that my son, who seemed to be so far from God, came in with a broken heart and said, I want Jesus. I'm going to remember the day that I was broke and I didn't have a house to go to and somehow you opened up a door for me to find a family. I'm going to remember when there was death and you came back with resurrection. Turn to your neighbor and say, what testimony are you clinging to? You see, we can cling to dust or we can cling to testimony. And I, I, I was driving down... Um, just in America, and I was thinking about a lot of people asking, 
You know when people have your WhatsApp, you hear a lot of problems? Like if you give your WhatsApp, people say, hey, I need this and I need that. And I, I had so much of my heart about what was going on in the country. And I was, I, was, I was like mad. I was driving down the car and I was frustrated. I was like, God, this is so frustrating. I said, why is it that there's so much heartache? Why is it that there's so much? And God said to me this scripture. He said, I am near to the brokenhearted. And I was like, and he said, Tommy, you need to let your heart break. He's like, if you want more of me, let your heart break. But we don't want to let a heart break. There's very few conversation about let your heart break. You see, because I was, I was holding on to something. I was holding on to things. I was holding on to frustrations and things just, again, maybe burdens that I shouldn't have been holding on to. But God's like, let your heart break and I'll be near to you. He's like, Tommy, the reason... So many people are saying, where is God? Is because they keep their hearts together by themselves. They don't allow themselves to break for me and for other people. And so we want to make sure everything's put together and that it all looks good. But God's like, I will be near when you let your heart break. How often have you, have, have you had a situation where you're like, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm not going to go there. I, I can't go back to the past because it's so tough. You see, I met with one of these counselors in the U.S. and just asked him a little bit about some of the stuff that we were going through. And, and just, just, to, just even in our own life, like, like there's been a lot help us kind of go through this. And you don't want to admit sometimes like, that you're broken for people. Like, why would I? That's just weak, isn't it? Doesn't it feel weak? And this counselor said to me, he said, Tom, listen, you know, the saying that all, that time heals all wounds, he said, it's not true. He said, time heals all clean wounds. He says, if you have a wound and you don't clean it, or you have something that you're broken for and you don't actually look at it, and you don't let it break properly, then it passes on to generation and generation. We have a chicken geezer conversation instead of a chicken geezer conversation. So what are we passing on? Because if, you're near, if God's near to the brokenhearted and we're trying to keep our hearts together all the time, we're like, God, where are you? He's like, let your heart break. Let your heart break, I'll be there. And it started us on this journey, my wife and I just, cool, it's okay. It's okay to care that much. He gives us these promises. You see, and if we, don't, if we don't deal with them, just next slide real quick. Because the Bible talks about that we have these, these issues and these challenges we're going to face, but we can either go from being bruised to battered to bitter, or we can be going from bruised to battered to broken. And this is what we pass on to the next generation. These are the things that we, we choose to pass on. But you say, Tom, you don't even understand how, how, you don't even understand how, how broken I've been. You don't even understand how, what has been done to me. You don't know, like people in the church have done stuff to me, Tom. People that I thought were close to me have done stuff to me. But it doesn't say, it doesn't have a caveat on God is near to the brokenhearted when other people do stuff to you. It doesn't say, you say, Tom, 
but, but I did something wrong in my own life. Like I was the one who broke my own broken heart. Doesn't say that, well, God's near to the broken hearted only if you didn't sin. You see, when we have a broken heart, we're actually allowed and we're, we're able to now say, God, would you come in and reconstruct this? Where before we're saying, I will figure this out on my own. I had a, I understand there's a lot of people just because just of life, right? You have people that let you down. You have people that hurt you. I had a really close friend one time who just great friendship. One of those friends you think you're going to have, you know, like the next 40 years and you think you're going to be sitting, you know, with a, by the fire with like, you know, grandkids sprawled out, dogs called salt and pepper on the fire and you're just talking about life. And um, something happened and uh, found out that he was lying directly to me and completely like, completely cut out on this, on this kind of organization deal that was going on. And when someone boldface lies to you, you start going like, I'm not going to let my heart break for that. Like, I want to fight. Like, you start thinking about crazy ways to get back and get revenge, maybe. Anyone ever thought about revenge? And, yeah? And it's crazy, because as I was going through this, God was like, Tom, um, I love that guy. I was like, you're not allowed to. I was like, you can't love him when that's what's just happened here. And God's like, I, lo- I-, I love him. And so when we're in this place where we, where we hold on, God's going, let your heart break. And in that brokenness, you're going to find a way to forgive. Because you're going to see the fact that I love them too. And in speaking with different people, and it was crazy because my wife started to talk about uh, when her dad died, she was, they, they were all praying for her dad when, just after he died, and Rachel started crying. He died of cancer when she was 22. And they started praying for, for, um, for my wife's dad, and guys came through, and Rachel started crying because she figured out he's dead, and they grabbed her, and they said, you're not allowed to cry. <clears throat> They said, that's, that's not faith. And so she, she like, like held this for a long time. She's like, I didn't know I was allowed to actually break. I didn't know I could let my heart break. And in this, she's, she's found healing. She's finding so much healing as she's allowed to say, okay, cool. I'm actually okay to be broken for this. But broken's not popular. But it is something that allows God to redeem something. So... Real quick, there's some promises. Psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. <clears throat> you see, sometimes we want to keep our hearts together, but God is leading you to something that's already in you. It just has to be broken open. It starts on the inside. So whatever these promises are that God's shown us, it starts with the brokenness on the inside of where he's leading us to. <clears throat> you see, the next one is sorrow. The next promise on this is, so, is sorrow will be turned to joy. <clears throat> See, Jesus talks about, in John 16, he talks about how there's going to be these times of pain and struggle. He tells his disciples, it's going to be tough at some point. He says, but when you go through all this, when you go through all this agony, 
my spirit's going to come and you're going to see this specific sorrow turn to joy. There's an actual turn point. And I think sometimes we look at the sorrow piece and the joy piece as two separate rooms, right? We like have all this sorrow in real world and then we have a joy room which we open up the door and we just step into it and we shut the door and we're like, this is joy, this is joy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy, joy, joy. What's that song? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Then we get outside the door in the joy room and you shut the door and you're like, well, this is now reality. Get back into the joy room. But Jesus says that this sorrow will be turned to joy. This specific sorrow. So there's a sorrow in your life that God's like, I can turn this to joy. And you're going, I don't think you can, God. This one is a little too big. This one's a little too hard. This one's a little too rough for me. But he's saying, I can see this sorrow turn into joy. It's a metamorphosis. It can actually transform. That's the hope that we have through Scripture. That's the hope that we have through His redeeming power. Where is there a place in your life where you're like, I don't know if this can actually turn to joy? Because if we cling to testimony and we say, God, we we trust your word. We trust that you can do this. It may not look exactly how we want it to but we trust that this sorrow can be turned into joy. This sorrow. In John 9, and I'll paraphrase real quick. Um, put the next slide. And we'll wrap up with this. In John 9, the thing is when we get bruised and battered and we have the opportunity to either go to brokenness or bitterness, sometimes we get into this place where we like to figure it out. Anyone like that? You, you really may, need to make sure that we figured out what happened. Yeah? So, so in John 9, the disciples come to him and they say, Rabbi, Rabbi. Um, I don't know if they said it twice, but they said Rabbi at least once. Rabbi, here's this blind man. He's been blind since birth. Was it his sin that turned him to be blind or was it the sin of his parents that caused him to be blind? And we can find these situations where we see other brokenness or we see things that affect us or affect community and say, well, what is going on here? Whose issue was it? Someone sinned. Someone made this such a, such a big deal. Like, was it, was it their problem? I'm pretty sure it was the people who, who handed me this position before I was here. I'm pretty sure it was the guys who are making decisions up at, and Jesus says, stop. This was not about whose sin this was. This is so that with this situation, the glory of God could be revealed through this man. So I want to challenge some of us today who who have maybe tried to figure stuff out for so long. And you're trying to reconcile, like, was it their sin or my sin or his sin or her sin? Or was it the sin of salt and pepper? Or was it, like, was it the sin of the nation for maybe, but, but then maybe we can look at it differently and say, okay. Whatever happened here, this can be redeemed and give you glory. This here, even if it seems broken, even if it seems crazy, Lord, we're, 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 we're going to stop trying to figure it out and hold on to it and say, may, may your word bring this back to life. God is near to the brokenhearted. There is no caveat on that. Even as Pastor Tom said today, like we can harden our hearts. Harden our hearts is like, God, just, we got this. We got this all together.
Allow your heart to break for some of the stuff that's going on in our city. Allow your heart to break for some of the things that, and, and, and let God clean out stuff. Because again, if we pass on the story of brokenness, and the bad broken, if we pass on the story of bitterness and frustration and anger to the next generation, that's what they're going to receive. We've got to change chicken guizer to chitin guizer so the story's correct. So my dad and I and my mom, we were speaking. And again, you got to know, <clears throat> Pastor Tom, Pastor Bonnie carry so much on their heart. They've got just constantly like, man, and we're talking about just brokenness of, imagine what other pastors are going through in the city. This was a few weeks back. What are they going through too? If we're going through this, what are they going through? I mean, take all the logos and egos out of it. Like, what are they actually going through? And we started thinking, and, and, and some pastors had reported, you know, offerings are down by like 50%. Others in the city are just like on the edge. And who are they talking to? Who encourages them? And so we just talked like, what if we wrote a letter to all these pastors who are kind of close by and, and just said, hey, you know, we're not from the same denomination or, or, or brand, but we just want you to know that we're with you in this. We just want you to know that we love you. We just want you to know that we're for you. Thank you for serving Jesus in this time where other people could have left. Thank you for serving Jesus when it just seems like it's crazy. Thank you for being our co-laborers, that we work together for one city and for one nation. You see, when you allow yourself to be broken, and why this is, this is all about kingdom nation. What do we want to see a kingdom nation? When we allow ourselves to be broken, you start to see where you fit with other people. Because God's making this incredible picture of mosaic. And well, actually, if I'm broken, <clears throat> I can actually fit and I can actually see where you're broken and fit where you're broken. And we can form something absolutely incredible that brings the lightness of his rising. So when you actually allow yourself to break and you, you start to appreciate the brokenness in someone else. But when we, don't, when we don't allow ourselves to break, we just go, we've got it together, they've got it together, we're just going to move on. And people go, why is there so much division? Because in our brokenness, there can be unity. And if there's something that God's ever shown me, is that where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. And when I asked God, and some of you know this story, but when I asked God, I said, Lord, what, what does a commanded blessing mean? He said, Tom, a commanded blessing is a blessing that cannot be interfered with. The reason there's a lot of interference is because a lot of us are just, we're just not united. We're just going, we, we're, we're maybe holding on to bitterness. We're maybe holding on to things. And God's like, I want to bless you, but let's be broken and united. What does that look like? So in your own brokenness, who around you is broken that you can fit into this week? Who around in your communities is like, man, maybe I, could, maybe I could recognize something in there and speak to someone and be able to, to have a real conversation and let them be broken. You know, the day I arrived, looked at the newspaper and it was Pastor Barry who had committed suicide downtown. And you just think, man, God, just what a, what a terrible, terrible story to hear. 
and you think about the brokenness in his family. And it's like, man, can we make sure we don't get to a place where we're just haven't been able to be broken openly with people? Haven't been able to say, man, I'm actually really broken here. Can you work with me to see God revive this according to his word? Because it's only clean wounds heal over time. So how do we get these to be clean? One last story, and, and we'll close and we'll pray together. <clears throat> but I was in, I was in um, Redding, California during the, these big fires. And so fires, the fires are, they, they take out the whole city. Um, and that's, that's one of the fires. And my wife was actually on one of those mountains. Um, and we were separated. Anyway, she was fine because she's still alive today. Um, but it was kind of a scary experience. So what ended up happening is homes would burn down to the ground within 30 minutes. And you literally sometimes had three minutes to get out because the fires moved so quick. So whole cities were burnt down to the ground and people's homes that they'd invested in and built and their memories and families were just, just ash. And God, you know, how many of you know God never sends fires? He's not going, let's put a fire here to destroy a city. Maybe he, he allows it for something, but he's not the one that's promoting this. So anyway, so there's a group of people like, what can we do to bring hope back to the broken? And they started this ash mosaic team. And they would go to these families, some of them non-Christians who were just broken, and they would come with the scripture and the conversation about what Jesus does to redeem that which is lost what Jesus does to revive things according to his word, what Jesus does to take that which is broken and mend it back together to bring life. And they start going through the rubble and all the ash and it's black and everyone's getting like super ashy and black and they're going through um, uh, black with a charcoal and they, they're grabbing small things that they can find that the fire didn't burn. So it's like a, like a part of a wedding photo. It's weird, like, most of the wedding photo would be burnt, but they'd be a part. And they grabbed the part of the wedding photo. They put it aside. It came back through the rubble. And it was hard because people were like, we don't want to go into the rubble. We don't want to go back to where we are. It's so hard. It's, so, it's, it's too difficult. It's just too painful to walk through where we used to have this brilliant house. But they're like, come, it's part of your healing. And they'd go through and they'd find a wedding ring. And they'd take it and put it aside. They're like, we've got a wedding. They'd go and they find like, like a, a part of the first ball that their son played with when he was like two and they bring it back and they'd find all the stuff that all, all of a sudden became so precious as they rubbled through all the destruction and they created these mosaics with people that gave them memories that gave them hope that turned what was just ashy into a beautiful memory where they could actually find healing they let themselves break and I look at that and I'm saying, what rubble do we need to go through? What ash do we need to go through to pick out the small, beautiful things that are left and say, we may have had this history, but God, there's, there's a beautiful wedding ring in here. God, we may have had this broken past, but man, look at the incredible stuff that is still left. And that's what they started to build their lives off of from then on such healing and they could go back over those homes and now be joyful and the, 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 
the, the, the strength of having to hold it all together was gone. So where is God saying, let your heart break and I'll be near? Where is there someone around you who needs to let their heart break and you can help them? Say, I'll be with you in the brokenness, man. Can we just stand real quick and just pray together? If you could just grab the hand of the person next to you. And let's just just pray. Say, say God, like as we as we pray together, just for like 30 seconds straight, just pray, God, may you redeem and revive them according to your word. Whatever's broken, let it be okay. Whatever's whatever feels to be dismantled, God, put it back together. God, whatever pain that there is, Lord, may it be clean pain. May you clean the wounds out. God, may we be people that can go help other people in their brokenness. Just for 30 seconds, as, 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 as roaring as you can, just pray for the person. Lord, we just thank you for everyone in this place, God. We thank you that you are truly bringing reconciliation, that you're truly bringing us to become whole. You're truly, you're truly making us to be people that can unite even when there's brokenness. God, that the person who is here who's wondering about their family God the person who's here is wondering about their history the person who's here that we we don't have to spend a lot of time in it but we can say Jesus for your glory this will be redeemed for your glory this will be revived God Lord where we feel like we're holding on to it and we don't want to talk or we're just not sure if people will listen God help us to be people that are open to that help us to be people that that are there for people in their brokenness that we can fit in in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just pray for one person who's not here. One person who's not here where you're like, God, let me be there for that person. It may be someone you already know that you're like, man, they probably, they could be on the edge. Just for 20 seconds, just pray for that one person. Just one person. Lord, we just thank you for people and decision making big decisions right now big decisions about what's next big decisions about career big decisions about family about status Lord, we just thank you that in the brokenness there's healing that in the brokenness God that you're there to repair that the story that we give to a generation after us is a story of one of that we reconciled. It's a story of one that we saw hope. It's a story of one that we can be authentic. It's a story of one that there's, a, there's brotherhood and we can be there for each other. Thank you, Jesus, that what the enemy meant for harm, you've turned for good. What the enemy meant to destroy, you're bringing resurrection. You're bringing redemption. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said Amen. Do Thank you, Jesus. Do one thing, give someone a big hug and just say, hey man, um, just say, you can, you can fall on me anytime if there's a line outside. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.